Broadway's My Beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. When the rumor gets around that summer has begun, Broadway is beside itself with glee. Somebody notices the sunlight and tells somebody else, and the word gets around. It drifts cross town, and a man reaches into his closet for a hand organ, puts the funny hat on his monkey, and takes a walk up to Broadway. Just to grind out background music for the big grin. It's the time for the dachshund, and the silken ankle, and the flowered print dress. The orange juice is sweeter, the knish is lighter. The guy runs down the street screaming, I'm in love. It's June. And it was June under the Translux, too. A rare day. And the Times Square crowd had gathered there to consider it and take the story of it home to the little woman, dad and mom. There was a man lying in the circle of their feet. He was expensively dressed. He's dead, Danny. What happened, Muggerman? Ah, come on, come on, you people. Break it up. Come on, get going. What is it with them, Danny? What happened? How can you tell what happened? People milling around, crossing streets, going to lunch, looking at the want ads over there in the Times building. Suddenly a guy's face down on the pavement. Somebody laughs, drunk, and somebody sees blood. So we got him on the pavement and them watching. Uh, stabbed. Yeah. Know who he is? Uh-huh. Here, wallet. Loads of identification. Yeah. Earl Lawson, Park Avenue. Earl Lawson. Earl Lawson stocks some bonds. He's got a name. Wizard or something. Makes money by the buckets. Anybody see it happen? A million people on Times Square. High noon, nobody saw anything. Nobody. Now, look, you people. Why don't you move along? Go home. Get out of here. Safest place in the world to kill somebody, Muggerman, in a crowd. Walk up to him, stab him in the back, keep walking. Well, it started off to be a pretty day. Yeah, real sunny. And just across the street, the file of crowd waiting for the movie that was better than life held on close to its place in line. Held on close against the insinuating whisper of the violent dead. It was a trick, kid. A trick to make you lose your place. To cheat you out of a front row seat where love and beauty and other high-class things are handed you on an air-conditioned platter. But a few were sold by the whisper and were drawn by it and joined the cluster attending the dead man. A woman pushed her way close and turned away. She opened her purse, smeared a lipstick nervously across her lips, studied their reflection in a window, and then carefully, carefully retraced them with the perfumed scarlet. And death had raised its banner on Broadway. The home of the murdered man was a place whose sounds had been geared down to the soft purr of wealth. The swish of the ankle-deep carpets, the flute-like trills of the parakeets taking the noonday sun in exclusive cages. The butler who murmurs you into the library and asks you to wait quietly. You don't dare open a book because turning a page would release a clap of thunder. And finally, when you'll wait no longer, the soft voice at your shoulder. I'm glad you made yourself at home, Mr. Clover. This is a difficult house to do that in. It's quiet. You can say that for it. You're... Harlan Lawson, Dr. Harlan Lawson. Oh, then the book's on this shelf. My one literary effort. All 20 copies. 20 copies of the same dribble. 
New Freedom, Pennsylvania, the utopia that failed. Nice binding, though, wouldn't you say? Quite. Expensive. That's my brother. He's everything you say. He gave me those when I got my Ph.D. Made a grand gesture of binding my doctor's thesis and burying it 20 times over on the shelf. Every time he fingers the gold lettering, I tell him how grateful I am. You don't get along, you and your brother? We suffer each other. Let's put it that way. He has his world. I have mine. And uh, your world would be... The back alleys of poverty. You see, I'm in the nature of a failure, Mr. Clover. I'm a social worker. Doesn't pay very much. But I take in tears and give in exchange baskets of fruit, my brother's castaway clothing, and the gestures of sympathy they taught me in post-grad humanities. But you keep on living here with your brother, with Earl Lawson. I exist here. Is this why you came, Mr. Clover? To run your hands over my brother's library? To probe into me? Or is it... <laughs> no, no. Don't say to me Earl has somehow run afoul of the law. Don't say it, because I wouldn't believe it of Earl. He's dead. He was murdered. Your manner of saying it. You leave me nothing but to believe you. He was stabbed, left lying on the street in Times Square. He must have shuddered that it found him in a place like that. I'd swear he shuddered. Your brother dies and that's how it hits you? To each his own way, Mr. Glover. You're implying that it was I who killed him? Let's play it that way for a while. I've dreamed the wish sometimes, but I couldn't have killed Earl. I slept the morning through. Earl's butler will testify to that. He was serving me brunch when you came in. Expensive brunch with wine. Who else would want your brother dead? Besides me. That would be your thesis, wouldn't it, Mr. Clover? I suggest the scholars approach... Yeah, thanks. I'll try. Then back to headquarters and to the desk. Get on the phone, make inquiries, send out to the newspapers for files, read them, digest them, extract them. Start a file of your own, label it... Earl Lawson, homicide. Fill out the form, date of birth, hour of death. Murder by sharp instrument to be filled out in detail by the coroner. And on the lines on the bottom of the page, the incidental information. Jot down the phrases. A self-made man. Shrewd financial mind. Known enemies, probably many due to financial manipulations. Send out for coffee and the sandwich because it's suddenly nighttime. And read some more. Then your door opens and Sergeant Tataglia is all business. Lady to see you, Danny. What does she want? She knows who killed our Lawson. What? She says Bring she her knows. in. This way to see Danny Clover, ma'am. Thank you. My name is Peggy Drake, Lieutenant. Please sit down. Close the door, Tataglia. All right, all right, you can stay. Miss Drake, the sergeant said you know... Not exactly. Danny, she told me she knew all about it. She said... What's on your mind, Miss Drake? I have the murderer's picture. Here. Here it is. Yeah. How'd you happen to take this picture? Well, I'm here on vacation. This afternoon was a good day to take pictures, and I was at Times Square. I took a lot of pictures, and, well, this is one of them. You can see for yourself. Yeah. I found a store with six-hour developing service, and I got them developed. I was looking through them, and I saw this one. That's why... Yeah. I... Come here, Tataglio. Look at this. 
Ray Brewer. That's right, Ray Brewer, sticking a knife into Earl Lawson on Times Square. Call records, Gino. Get the last known address on Ray Brewer. And anything else they've got interesting. I guess I did help with that. I don't know how much. This man here with a knife. His name is Ray Brewer. A known hoodlum. A record of every misdemeanor on the books. Yeah, yeah, I cancel. Wait till my society back back home hears about this. I belong to the literary society. We have open forums. I suppose this will be in the papers, won't it? Front page. What else is? What else? Yeah, what's happened to him lately? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How are you making out, Gino? In a minute, Danny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got all that. We appreciate it, and thank you. Very interesting, if I may comment on the material gathered from records. What's interesting? Up until a week ago, Ray Brewer was confined to the county hospital for incurables. Yeah, I remember. He was a pretty sick man. Incurable? His heart. Docs gave him a month to live. But last week, he was discharged from the hospital. How come? To die in the bosom of his family, as the records guy phrased it. Where is this family? 1212 West 16th, the man says. Where are you going, Dan? See that Miss Drake gets home, Gino. I'm going to pick up a killer. Open up, Brewer, or I come in anyway. Brewer? Where are you, Brewer? Huh? Out here, Danny. Taking my ease on the fire escape, watching you. Watching you spill out your strength. Throw away the gun, Ray. They tell me you've got a month. If you throw the gun away, maybe you can live a part of it out. All of it. It's arranged. I live all of it. Thirty days, Hathray Brewer. (laughs) If I come out after you, Ray, it'll cut your time down to a half minute. You make me shake with fright. Stay where you are, Danny. I'll bring it to you. The gun, Ray. Now, don't drool, kiddo. You'll get it. Funny... When you rang the doorbell, I thought it was a boy from Milford's, but no, it was you. How come you find me so lightning quick, Danny? A girl, a visitor, got your picture sticking a knife into Lawson. <laughs> I never could learn to be camera shy. Poke a camera in my nose and smile for all birdies. Turn your back to me, Danny. I feel a new smile coming out. Listen to me. You, you don't turn your back, you bleed in the face. Turn... You did that, you brought sunshine into my short life. One for the road. It splintered through me, puncturing, ripping into the dark cells where pain lay waiting for it. Being released, scurry darted through me, opening endless doors on endless hurt. These new ones took over, finally. Gave up because they'd overdone it. I couldn't feel it anymore. And then the hall wind cold on the sweat that had drenched me. And looking for Brewer, knowing he wasn't there. And calling to headquarters and tell them to put out an all-points bulletin on Ray Brewer. And then to Park Avenue to ask a question. 
Why had Brewer wanted Lawson dead? What had Lawson been to a hoodlum like Brewer? Uh, help me. In my bag. It's in my what? bag. Help me. I... <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. Help Down the long hall, I could see the parakeets preening, pecking into their clipped wings. The new stillness of the man lying there with a knife in his back. Dr. Harlan Lawson. Dead. The nap of the thick rug furrowed where his hands had tried to tear life out of it. And suddenly the, the flute song of the parakeet started again. And it wasn't still anymore. Listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. The sensational young tenor Mario Lanza will take the place of Charlie McCarthy and Edgar Bergen on CBS while the famous pair are on summer vacation. Mario Lanza starts his new series tomorrow, and you'll be heard each Sunday this summer on most of these same stations. And while Jack Benny is off for Korea, Guy Lombardo and his orchestra will be on hand to entertain you in CBS familiar Jack Benny time. Last year's bride mannequins are dusted off, brought out of Broadway's basements, propped up on a rod and arranged tenderly at the side of last year's groom mannequins. And Broadway knows June is passing through. It presses its nose against the shop window, sighs at the cascade of white satin flowing slowly over the wax figure, sheds a tear at the coronet of cloth lilies of the valley, and blows its nose for the sweetness of it all. It's the time of youth, the two-week romp in the Catskills, the burial in the sand at Far Rockaway, the breathless ecstasy on the heights of the roller coaster at Coney, for the stay-at-homes, other suites, other delights, the subway ball games, the band concerts in the mall, the moon-burned girls in the dark grass, and the my-hand-in-your-hand talk about two brothers dead of knife wounds. Summertime talk. At headquarters the next morning, it was difficult to talk about anything because Sergeant Tataglia had his mouth full of tacks and his fist full of hammer. Building something, Gino? Oh, it's you, Danny. Yeah, you might say I'm building... I'm building a site for sore eyes. Oh? You mind if I look? Well, my pleasure. Pardon me for obstructing your view. Nice. I think so also. A pin-up picture of Mrs. T hammered to the door of my closet. This I consider a worthy hobby. Mrs. T? I call Mrs. Tartaglia that whenever I'm in a hurry. Mm. <laughs> consider her, Danny, in her Catalina swimsuit. Jones Beach underneath her. The Tartaglia progeny forming a garland of angels at her feet. Oh, nice family picture, Gino. Do uh, you mind taking the tax out of your mouth now? Shows I can tell you about Ray Brewer, huh? So she can do that. Naturally. Uh, permit me to close the closet door on Mrs. T first. I don't want every Tom, Dick, and... <clears throat> well, nothing on Brewer, Danny. The hoodlum killer is still at large. All points bulletins have been Nothing, sent. Nothing, huh? Bread and butter, there is something. I forgot. The Milfords, of which the hood spoke to you, is Milford's haberdashery on Madison Avenue. 
But Roman Curcio traced it down after thousands other Milfords. It seems... I'll check it. Well, don't go away, Danny. I got something else. Another pinup? You might say that. Remember that Peggy Drake came in here with the snapshot of Brewer killing Lawson? What about her? Precinct 12 picked her up last night running down East 60th Street in her, you should excuse the expression, negligee. What? Was someone running after her? The precinct boys asked her the same question. She said no. She said she dared herself to do it, and she took the dare. So the boys decided on a small fine and let her go. A lonely girl in the big city. Sometimes it hits them that way. All right, if I leave now? You always leave me, Danny. I'm used to it. Go, Danny. Someone helping you? I'm looking for Mr. Milford. Mr. Milford is dead. What? Twelve years ago. Like that. Zoot. He was discussing plans with a buyer and... I know. Zoot. Who are you? Uh, Mr. Milford, Jr. May I be of some service? I'm from the police. I want some information. Oh, uh, what is it you want? The police department called you a while ago. You said you had some dealing with a man named Ray Brewer. Oh, uh, yes, I did. I did indeed. You want to tell me about it? I don't see why not. Then tell me. Uh, surely. Last week, Mr. Brewer entered Milford's and was fitted for a complete outfit, from linens to warachas. Warachas? Uh, Bootery a la Mexico. Uh, Mr. Brewer was going to Mexico. Uh, note that I said was. Uh, note that. Mr. Brewer changed his mind, huh? Well, it's a man's right. Mr. Brewer decided to stay around the city. Thus, he cancelled the Mexican clothes and ordered townwear. Uh, Gabardines. And he paid you? I only ask because it's been bandied about that Mr. Brewer is not a wealthy man. His uh, friend paid me. The friend who was with him when first he ordered. Uh, this friend? Here, this man's picture in the newspaper? The very one. Dreadful clothes. Not ours. Is he from here in town? What's his name? It says right here, Harlan Lawson. Hmm. Ph.D. It says this chap was murdered. That's right. Do you have any idea why Mr. Brewer changed his mind about going to Mexico? None. He was so delighted, too, the, the first time he was in here. Showed me a travel brochure put out by the airplane people, uh, Central American Lines, I think. I, I've been to Mexico, you know, uh, ridden on a donkey. Thanks, I... Junior. Thanks a lot. be of service to you, senor? I think so. I'm from the police, Danny Clover. Oh, my privilege. Uh, you wish to tour Central America to observe our police methods? Mm -hmm. It can be easily arranged. I will speak to the Latin consul. I, I just want to know about Ray Brewer. Uh, about Brewer? Brewer? Ah, the name has a familiarity. Uh, see, si, see, si, senor Brewer. The man who wished to live out his days in Mexico, the land of tradition and romance. He's a murderer. Do you think he'll make it? What a dying man sets his heart to do is difficult to restrain him from, senor. Uh, this from my father, I learned. But senor Brewer will not make Mexico by way of Central American lines, senor. Of this, I am certain. Tell me why. Because only yesterday he canceled the ticket. It took me so long to prepare. He canceled the tour I had mapped for him. Acapulco, Zapateca, the floating garden. When Brewer came in here to arrange his trip, was he alone? Uh, with another gentleman who subsidized the excursion. This one? In the newspaper picture? Mm, see, si, see si, this one. Uh, Dr. Lawson, 
a gentleman of refinement. Now dead, I perceive. Yeah. Brewer didn't give you an address by any chance. Oh, no, no, no. He simply took the cancellation money, told me he preferred your city, as who would not? You peddle tickets to romantic places and you like it better here, huh? Who would not? Why pay extra fare, senor? Romance is where you find it. Oh, come in, Margovan. Sit down. Got anything? Nothing. Guy Brewer's hiding someplace. Where, I can't even begin to guess. Nobody knows anything. Stool pigeons, old friends of Brewer's, not a thing. If he gets out of the city, it's going to be tough. Yeah. How do you figure it, Danny? Figure what? List, the case, the killing of the Lawson brothers. You know what I mean. You piece it all together, it comes out easy. Show me. Sure. Harlan Lawson wanted to get rid of his brother. The money? Maybe, but more than that, I think. Earl Lawson was a man who beat up the world. Harlan just stood there and cried for it. Well, Harlan was a social worker, Danny. He probably did a lot of good where it counts. Sure he did. But I met Harlan. It's the way he impressed me, Muggerman. He felt sorry for himself. Uh huh. So he finds a little hood like Brewer hires him to kill Earl. Like you said, Harlan was a social worker. Brewer was in a charity hospital. That's where they met. Harlan found out Brewer only had a month to live, promised him a fling that month in Mexico for killing Brother Earl. Well, then why did Brewer turn around and kill the hand that fed him? If we go on the assumption that he killed Harlan, too. Well, Brewer killed twice, all right. The knife in Harlan matches the stab wound in Earl. He killed both brothers. But why? I don't know why he killed Harlan. Another thing I don't know is why Brewer changed his mind about going to Mexico. If we found mm-hmm. that out... We... Danny, all I can say is... Thank goodness. Well, say it and sit down in a corner. Mugovan and I were discussing... It's it. about Peggy Drake. Peggy Drake? Say, isn't she the girl? Yeah, the girl who took the snapshot. She should have taken the snapshot and left the city. What? Just a few minutes ago, at five unto midnight, to be specific, she had a to-do with a cab driver. Tried to force him to take a wardrobe trunk in his back seat. Broke a window while so forcing. Quite a scene. The police suggested a moving company. And... And... And what? Give me a breathing spell, Danny. And Officer Padunik suggested his father-in-law and stood guard over the trunk until his father-in-law, the Murphy Movers, hauled it away. Thank Jeep as this girl leaves for her hometown of New Freedom, PA, in the morning. Where? New Freedom, Danny. The trunk has already left by Murphy Trucking Company, and the girl, Peggy Drake, leaves tomorrow, for which leaving the police only again wave the finger under her nose. Highway Patrol, Mugman, pick up that van. Escort it back to Peggy Drake's place. Right there. What do you know? So that's why Brewer changed his mind about going to Mexico. Then I waited. It was a little less than an hour when the phone call came. The highway patrol had picked up the van at the entrance to the Delaware Bridge. There was plenty of time. Time to grab a bowl of chili and walk over to the 60s, into the rooming house where Peggy Drake was staying. Inside, the banisters of the staircase had been worn smooth by a thousand respectable hands, and the color had just begun to drain from the flowers and the wallpaper. On the third floor landing was a trunk. Beside it, Detective Muggerman. She's in there, Danny. She know we're here? We talked loud. She knows. Stay with the trunk, Muggerman. Okay. Oh, it's you, Mr. Clover. Glad you're here. Come in. Please, come in. What goes on in your town? I don't understand you people. Something wrong, Peggy? It was all that noise a little while ago. I opened my door a bit. I saw my trunk. 
Explain it to me, Mr. Clover. You were sending it back to New Freedom, huh? Of course, where I live, where I came from. That's where you met Harlan, wasn't it? What's he got to do with I need some sleep, Mr. Clover. My bus leaves early tomorrow. You're not leaving. You want to bring your trunk back in here and unpack? Not leaving. Wait a minute. Margovan, bring that trunk in here. What are you doing? I don't have to unpack. It's pretty heavy, Danny. I'll need some help. Okay. I'll give you a hand. Yeah. You better grab the handle on the other side. Okay, Danny? Uh-huh. Wait outside. Yeah. I wish you'd tell me what this is all about. How long did you plan to stay in New York, Peggy? Four days. You needed a trunk that big for a four-day trip? That's a brand-new trunk, Peggy. Yes, I just bought it. It's for things I want to take home. Books, lamps. Books, huh? I like books. Let's see what you bought. Don't open that! Don't... Why not, Peggy? Leave me alone! What's the girl have to do? I come here for a good time. I'd say you had quite a busy trip. Running down the street at night in a negligee. <laughs> had something to drink. I didn't know what I was doing. Then creating a stir with his trunk with a cab driver? It wasn't my fault. People here aren't helpful. Peggy, we're looking for a man, Ray Brewer. We want him for two murders. Brewer? You know him, Peggy. You took his picture. Brought it to me. Oh, that's right. I remember his name. I'm sure you do. Let's open the trunk, Peggy. No. Don't. Get it out of here. Take it away. Later. You took the picture, Peggy, because you knew the murder was going to be committed. The murder you planned so well with Harlan. Get it out of here. Just get it out of here. Gave us a picture of the murderer. You figured by the time we found who he was, traced him, he'd be roaming around Mexico. By the time we got to him, he'd be dead. Because Ray Brewer only had a month to live. I didn't do anything. I didn't kill anybody. It was Harlan. One thing is bothering me, Peggy. Why Brewer changed his mind about going to Mexico. He saw me taking his picture. We didn't tell him we were going to do that. You double-crossed him, huh? That's why he killed Harlan. That's why he was going to kill you. finally got back here, Ray Brewer was dead. He didn't live his month. His heart gave out. Let's open the trunk, baby. There he is. Ray Brewer. I won't look. I'm not going to look at him again. All the while I was putting him in there. Staring at me. Staring. And I couldn't get the trunk closed. His hand. I was alone. All alone. His face. Staring at me. touches Broadway now. The remnants of the night are driven back into the earth. You walk the streets, and from behind a doorway you hear the old sound, the sound of weeping. You know the nighttime will never leave. It's found its refuge. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, my beat. 
Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, with Charles Calvert as Totaglia and Jack Crucian as Mugovan. The program was produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's story, Peggy Weber was heard as Peggy Drake, Ted Osborne as Harlan Lawson, Anthony Barrett as Ray Brewer, and Don Diamond as Milford. For a full hour of outstanding musical entertainment, plus one of radio's biggest cash awards, play Sing It Again every week over most of these same CBS stations. Laugh along, win along with Jan Murray as he picks up his coast-to-coast telephone and invites you to sing it again and land a big batch of loot. It's exciting, it's outstanding radio entertainment. Stay tuned now for Sing It Again, which follows immediately over most of these same CBS stations. Bill Anders speaking. This is CBS for you meet adventure with Charlie Wilde Sundays on the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>